Welcome back, everyone, to another City of Hope Church episode here in our small group series. This is going to be week two in talking about mission. Uh, this is going to be covering pages 130 through 140, and then uh, the last pages of this chapter, 141 through 149. Uh, we encourage you to spend some time as you self-reflect, and there's some application things in there as well. Clay, last week we kind of ended our conversation in talking about how God sends us to um, different people, into different places, into different positions, and we're going to open this week in talking about prayer and how that's kind of the first thing that Jesus invites us into in regards of ministry is inviting us into that prayer. Yeah. You know, we were having a conversation after church there the other day because you uh you we all want to see god move obviously and i made this statement maybe i'm right maybe i'm wrong but i made the statement that our that our greatest weakness right now as a church is most likely prayer uh just just because i've always recognized the need for prayer in in our own personal lives but also in 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 the life of the body that if we're actually going to see God break out and move, I mean, a lot of times without prayer, basically you're just functioning in your flesh. Mm. You're getting things done on your own work. And, and what you naturally find is you get tired, you get weak, you get aggravated, frustrated, and you don't see any results, any spiritual results that you're looking for. But prayer fuels uh, this, this move of God in our midst, and it actually does something in our own hearts where we start to align ourselves with the heart of God and we start to have uh, this sense of being being driven by the Spirit into the mission of God. And so that's one thing that Jesus starts out with, Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 2. It says, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Mm. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We used to do, you remember when we did Ekbalo? Yeah. Yeah. So before COVID, we would yeah. we would actually go out, you know, to different places in the community, feed people hot dogs, go into people's houses, pray for them, preach the gospel on the street. We did that a couple times. And, uh, and you know, it was good. Um, that's not always, that, that's one way to go about evangelism, no doubt. There's multiple ways. Yeah. Um, but we call it Ekbalo because he says, pray the Lord of the harvest, to send out. That word send out is ekbalo, but it's also the very word that is used when he talks about casting out demons, sending them out. It's mm. the same exact word, and it's a very forceful word. So what he's basically saying is pray to the Lord of the harvest that that God would literally just almost like cast us out, yeah, like force us out into the mission field, uh, in order to see this harvest uh, come to pass. And so we want to constantly be praying, and that's something that we want to do uh, as we move forward. I'll say this at the end probably again too, but one one of the things that we discussed with a couple of folks here, and I think Justin mentioned it among the worship team uh, this week, was, was, you know, we're going to try to take a day a week. You could do it with your small groups where, um, one day a week, like I think a lot of people are going to do Wednesdays, and they're just going to fast maybe maybe a meal if you feel a little bit more um, 
you know, like you want to press a little deeper, maybe you fast the whole day. Mm-hmm. But but take take lunch, fast lunch or something, and during that time, pray, and pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray that God would send His Spirit uh, to fill you, to use you, uh, to save your friends, to save your family, to lead you to somebody that needs a word from God, and and pray that when he, even when we meet on Sundays, that people would come in. And that there would just be such a presence of God there that people would be impacted by the power of God and transformed by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 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 that's kind of where we're heading because we need we need that kind of prayer going on in our personal lives and in the church as well. Yeah, prayer. I mean, it absolutely is essential. And I I love what it says here. But when you begin with prayer, essentially it enables God to soften your heart. Yes. And it gives you um, a mindset of of thoughtfulness, mm-hmm. of joy, kindness. It, it kind of postures you correctly. And because um, the reality is, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I, I, there's some scriptures and things that I've been kind of reading and thinking about. And one of them comes from Luke and it's uh, I've mentioned this a hundred times to you, Clay, but it's Zechariah's prophecy over his son John the Baptist, and he, you know, basically prophesying to him, and he's he's saying, you know, that that you know you're you're going to prepare the way, and and the light is going to visit people in darkness. In my own words, there, you know, and and we as Christians have experienced light. And we have been brought out of darkness. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in our own personal lives that we very quickly forget that there's people suffering. Man, there's people that are in real yeah. darkness. And as Christians, we carry with us. Um, and we're, we're, so we're talking about it's, it's our mission uh, to, to bring the light, the good news of Jesus to those people. And a lot of times, without prayer especially, our hearts are not in a position to really even, I mean, we just pass passed by people yeah our right. own friends our own family and and things like that and uh and yeah like you said it's one it's one thing to go out and kind of you know meet somebody a random person if you know if, if that's what you're trying to do but even our own friends and family the very people that are closest to us in our workplaces are in in yeah. darkness and and they they need to experience that light and we have that and and prayer gets us into a position when we see those people we see people we see their hurts we see what they're going through we can empathize with them we can um you know meet them where they are and have a heart for them just as jesus would a a major indicator i think of, of spiritual growth is is just that that you're you're in a place of prayer because i mean if most people were to evaluate their prayer lives um you would never want to come into a place of self-condemnation but at the same time any most of the time when people evaluate their prayer lives they're thinking i'm not really i'm not really praying that much just to be honest but you can tell when somebody is praying because it starts to move them in a different direction usually when we come to prayer we bring our laundry lists of things we want god to do for us we want god to give us this give us that change this change that yeah and rarely do we find ourselves saying god here i am send me just like isaiah said i want to know your heart know your mission and today i want to be used use me in spiritual gifts use me in power give me a boldness to speak as i ought to and send me out to the people that that you know need need a touch from heaven and and i think i notice just in conversation with people you can tell a, a person of prayer because like you said, they, they're starting to have this posture and this mindset toward people mm-hmm. who 
who they're becoming aware of the, of the fact that these people need Jesus, and I want to I'm going to take a crazy step of faith, whether this person rejects me or not, to try in some way to reach this person mm-hmm. with the love and gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And and when you have a body of Christ that is in prayer for that, not just for I've got personal needs. Yeah, you, we know you've got personal needs, but Jesus flipped it on its head and said, "Look, if you would if you would join my mission, I'd meet all your needs." Yeah. And uh, and yeah. and so you spend so much time praying for things that you want for yourself. And it's not that those things are bad, but he said, no, you, you're missing my whole point. You seek first the kingdom and, and you, you join my mission and your needs are going to be met. Yeah. I'll take care of your needs if you'll join my mission. Yeah. And, and so that's in Luke 10, he talks about that prayer and they break it down in the book as being one, like a, a prayer of awareness. Mm-hmm. You need to see the harvest. You need to understand that the harvest is already ripe. God's yeah. not saying, well, you know, probably people ain't ready to be saved. No, he's saying they're out there ready to be picked right yeah. now. Yeah. It's ripe. It's ready for harvest. And I'm already working on their hearts, but I've chosen you to participate with me in this mission. Mm-hmm. And you are you are a very important instrument mm-hmm. in my salvation taking place and reaching, reaching the world. He says it's a prayer of faith. And it's that same same type of thing that you actually, when you go out, you believe that what you say, what you do is going to have an impact. Yeah. Uh, when we pray, we should come in on Sunday praying, Lord, we want to see somebody saved. We're going to believe, God, that you're going to move in somebody's life. You're going to deliver somebody. You're going to save somebody. You're going to bring healing into somebody's uh, body. You're going to move in some kind of way. And then it's a prayer of readiness because you know that if you've been in prayer, you may go out tomorrow and God may call upon you yeah. to do something uncomfortable. In fact, you probably will be. Yeah, if, you, if you're really open to praying about it, yes, yeah. God's going to move you. And he's going to sometimes honestly put you to the test to see yeah. what kind of steps you're willing to take, to take, how deep you're willing to go. And I think the deeper that we're willing to go and the greater risk that we're willing to take, I think God sees that and pours his spirit and his power out on it. Yeah. But I think a lot of times things are withheld from us in heaven because we're not yet ready to participate in God's yeah. mission. Yeah, and one of the things, I mean, and God takes the pressure off too because, I mean, we need to realize that it's it's ultimately, it's Him. You know, um, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 talks about all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Yeah. And, and it's, it's ultimately him doing the saving, right? It's, 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 it's him that's empowering us. And yeah. I, and one thing I, w- I want to point out too, is when we talk about like being like going out, like if you're in Walmart this week or in your grocery store or, and you're praying into this, I, I would almost guarantee that like that someone will be put in your path that you just have like that like your heart will start beating. You feel like you need to talk to someone. Maybe it's an old friend. Maybe it's someone you already know. And a lot of times we think it's going to be super awkward and weird. And really, I, I've I, to me, I don't think I've ever experienced a time where it's like it's radically awkward or weird. You know what I'm saying? Like usually, I'll just like if I feel that, I'll just like say, "Hey." You know, this may seem kind of strange, but I just feel feel the Lord put you on my heart. What could I pray for you or something? Mm-hmm. And usually, like sometimes not. Sometimes people's like, "No, nah, I'm good." Or sometimes people, "Yeah, I'll receive prayer." But sometimes, man, people open up and tell you their life, yeah. and they're just begging for that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, but and it's and and if it's someone you don't know, I get that it's it's a little bit weird. But you, you can, yeah. I mean, well, I've I've had people, I've had people, I've I've took that step with a lot of people. I don't know the exact number, but I've had a couple of people actually when I approached them and and said, "Hey, man, um, I feel like maybe the Lord led me led me over here to you. Do you think it'd be okay if I prayed for you?" And and one guy actually cussed at me one time and said. <laughs> No, you you can't pray for me, and I said, okay, well okay. I I'll just I'll just pray for you privately then, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and you know and let so so, but but I, but here's what's funny about that is when I said that to that guy and he responded to me that way, I felt a little bit crushed, but I felt so strongly compelled by the Spirit of God to speak to that man. So I'm sitting there afterward wrestling with why God would you move me to a dude. <laughs> That is going to respond to me like that, yeah. and I almost kind of felt—I don't know what it is for sure—but I think I think maybe it was just the fact that the Lord was like, "You need to understand that I'm going to send you into some hard places sometimes, and sometimes you're not going to get the response that you want. But it's not about the response; it's about whether or not you're going to be obedient to my yeah. spirit, because you don't even know that may have been something that." was a seed planted he goes home thinks about how he responded why would some random dude come yeah and it messes that, yeah. with him which could then later lead another open door to another person coming along and doing yeah. something similar and now he's like i shouldn't responded that way yeah you can pray for it. i don't know yeah but but well the imagery too that even in that scripture like when you think about harvest and you think about planting if anyone's ever grown a garden, there's there's so many stages to it. Yes. There's prepping the ground. There's weeding. There's planting the seed. There's watering. There's you know getting rid of the bugs that come up on it. And there's it's a and it's we have a, to there's, there's a lot of steps way. before you 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 get a nice ripe tomato. Yes. You know? read, read the read the parable of the sower. We should all look at our lives as sowers. Yeah. We're going out just like Jesus, and we're sowing good seed, and we're counting on maybe others to water it. And we're counting on, you know, people sow seeds into the hearts of people. And guess what? They end up coming to church with them. And by the grace of God, I get a chance to water that seed that was yeah. planted. And then they go out. And so there's there's so many different things. I've, I've told the story about how when I first got saved, I went to some of my buddies. And, um, and you know, I went to them and basically just witnessed to them, shared Jesus with them, told them what God was doing in my life. And it was, just, it was a powerful moment. Like the Spirit of God was there at work mm -hmm. and a seed was planted those guys changed externally it didn't seem like anything but then like six years later this guy calls me back and says man you remember that time you came in there yeah and said that stuff to us he said yeah. i've never been able to forget that he said i gave my life to the lord today i actually went and hung out with him just the other day and he's doing really really That's well awesome. leading a small group and and he got saved like six years later but yeah. that impacted him that much where it stuck that seed stuck with him yeah those, those years and at first i thought well i'd tried but yeah. i didn't because we want people to get saved instantly instantly yeah. and that's just not how it works uh, yeah i've had experiences like that too like a guy messaged me uh not too long ago and it was a couple of years ago that i i think i'd seen him at iga and just like man i'd like to pray for you or whatever and it was nothing major and this was a guy who seen me at my worst yeah, and so you know, I got some friends that like know know me from way back that are, like know some real stuff I've been into. That like, if you see me then versus today, it's like two completely different people. And um, yeah, getting to pray with him and then him messaging me and just saying like, "Hey, I, I remember that time," and I'd forgotten about it, but he was just like, "I really appreciate that." It and, means and, a lot. And a lot of times too, 
we live in an age of comfort, man, and we want things to be easy and smooth and not uh, not put us in a place where we feel uncomfortable or or pressured or anything else. And that's just not the reality of ministry. Sometimes, you know, like yeah. if you're going to go out and reach people and pray for people, like like you said, sometimes you're going to encounter some folks that maybe aren't receptive and they they don't react or respond how you want them to and and but that's just the reality of it god's not calling us into a place of ultimate comfort yeah you know he's calling us to reach the world and and darkness is darkness i mean you know what i'm saying like and and i'll go back that verse i was talking i was wanting to read it to you it's comes from luke 1 um 77 through 79 i'll I'll read it because it's beautiful it's been on my mind for like two weeks now but it says to give knowledge of salvation this is zechariah you know prophesying over his son uh, john the baptist to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our god whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace and that's just that's just beautiful and that's you know we're there's dark places there's people in darkness and and sometimes darkness is uncomfortable but we carry with yeah. us the light and it's our responsibility to 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 share that light with others right the apostle paul that goes right along with uh, one of the verses that you'll find in the book but i used to pray uh one of my favorite things to do is just to pray scripture um as far as prayer goes but one of the prayers that i used to pray what i found was that the apostle paul he's on mission man he's getting after people like everywhere just going wide open he doesn't even hesitate he just pulls up at a place and preaches the gospel yeah but he would always pray like in in colossians 4 3 is one example he says um continue uh, and 4 2 it begins continue earnestly in prayer being vigilant in it with thanksgiving so you're being thankful but you're actually vigilant in prayer continuing earnestly and he said also praying for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains that I may make it manifest or reveal it as I ought to speak so he's actually praying he's saying you pray for us that a door would be opened for the word Mm. and I would pray that I remember like last last year this this happens on occasion, but last year I was going to the gym trying trying to stay relatively fit. You know, I go through seasons, <laughs> and uh, and I would go early in the morning. There was a guy up there that was that was usually there when I was there, and you know I would just sort of have like, "Hey, buddy, how's it going, man?" You know that kind of thing going on, and I'd be praying this prayer, Lord, make a open door for the word. And as I'm leaving one day, I make eye contact with him. I say, "See you, man," and my heart began to pound. But I had already said, see you, man. So I thought, well, too late. I walked out the door, got in the truck, started driving down toward the church, and my heart would not quit. Just, I mean, it's just like, this is, no, this is the Lord. So I pulled into the church parking lot, parked, put it in reverse, went back up there. And I walked back in, and I said, man, I said, I just really felt, um, I just really felt the Lord kind of pressure me to come and just have a have a talk with you and just, just kind of, share a little bit with you and, and pray for you if I could and I just sort of opened up to him about what the Lord had done in my life I said I don't know what you're going through but here, here's kind of what I sense and I just I just shared with him you know I used to be uh, an addict used to not know what, what my life was going to turn into I had fear of the future and and just struggle with various addictions and just constantly chasing these different things and I, and I gave him a couple of personal 
stories and stuff, but I said, but, you know, Jesus came into that, man. I started reading the Bible and just praying and searching for truth, and Jesus came into that dude and rescued me and just set me free from all of that stuff, man, and gave gave me purpose and gave me meaning. And, and you know, I, I said, I said, I'm not necessarily here to just because I want you to come to my church, but I said, I would love to invite you. And, uh, and I invited him. Now, he never showed up, but he ended up opening up his heart to me about some of the things that he was going through and dealing with. And he he asked me to continue to pray for him. Now, I've not seen him in, in a little while, but but I guess my point being is, you know, when you open, when you ask for those doors to be open, the Lord will give you some, some open doors where yeah. this is the time, this is where you need to walk through and at least plant this seed. For sure. In Luke 10 there, he kind of goes through different ways. He says, but he, he kind of gives like an outline when Jesus sends out mm-hmm. uh, the 70 because he says, you know, you get into their house, you you speak peace to that house. Basically, mm-hmm. you're, you're there to bless people. You're not there to condemn people. You're not there to beat people up. So you're, you're bring, if they will receive you, then you're there to bless them. Yeah. Okay? And and that's where you want that open door. And he talks about sitting down with them, eating uh, with the people that you meet, have a posture of receiving. So you're looking to develop a relationship yeah. uh, of some kind where where they can at least get this sense off of your life that, man, this is a sweet smell and aroma, like something's different about this person. And they just sense that kingdom that's on your life to some degree. Yeah. And then, and then he says, you know, you want to meet their felt needs. Like he talks specifically about healing the sick. Yeah. And that I read that, see, and I didn't have a bunch of theological uh, gom to mess me up in the beginning. So I just prayed for God to heal people, and I saw God heal people. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not me. That's God. He yeah. says when you go into these places. Now, everybody I've prayed for, yeah, I've got a way higher percentage of people that I've prayed for not getting healed, no doubt. But I still pray, you know, if I find out that there's something wrong with them, I take that opportunity to to pray for them. And, uh, you know, Barb will probably listen to this. The first person I ever saw instantly healed was in in the Clay County Attorney's Office up there. Me and Barb worked together, and I prayed for her her torn rotator cuff. Lord healed her instantly. And and that sort of, for me, broke out this thing. Man, it, you talk about building some confidence. Yeah. You know, and and— and you'll lose confidence sometimes when you pray and nothing happens, but you have to continually stir yourself up in order to take those risks. And, you know, it could be just feeding somebody. It could be felt needs, whatever those are. But, you know, Paul made the statement in 1 Corinthians 2. He said that my preaching and my teaching were not with persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. So he actually believed that when he went into these places because he had a private prayer life with God that he was carrying the power of God by the Holy Spirit and that when he prayed for somebody, things were going to happen. Like you can pray. They may not sense it or feel it, but there's things that take place in the Spirit that people don't always pick up on physically. Yeah. And, And so your prayer actually can change spiritual environments and can change the spiritual landscape of that person's life and break demonic darkness off of their life. Yeah. And so you want to believe that you want to go out and one place, one thing it says in the book is pray for miracles that meet the felt needs of unbelieving people. Pray, yeah. pray for miracles that meet the felt needs of unbelieving people. We want to see that. We want to see unbelievers just have such an encounter with God that it ain't us trying to convince them with theological doctrine, as good as that is. Yeah. We're going to teach them theological doctrine when they get saved. But for some people, they need a real encounter with a living God. Yeah. 
and you need to understand that you carry that presence and you need to pray lord when i go out i want to carry the power of your holy spirit use me and 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 let let your power break out and then and then we share the gospel we talk about it could be through our testimony i mean when i talked to that guy eventually i just led to the simple fact that you know jesus jesus set me free man he the truth of the gospel is look he died for all of us every single one of us are yeah. lost and in need of a savior and you just share that people may think it's weird at first but you've planted that good seed of the word of god in the gospel yeah when people experience going back to power too um it makes them more receptive to, to to the gospel you know if you're just on the street you know preaching you know you're lost dying and going to hell you need jesus like versus you know genuinely caring for someone talking with them them opening up to you about things they're going through sharing a meal with them praying for them like that yeah. that opens up a much more uh conducive environment to it in which they can they can you know it, it, it prepares ground yeah. Just like, you know, pl- planting seeds, it prepares the ground so that when you share, you know, they can they can receive it uh, all the more, you know, versus just harping at somebody, I guess you could say. Yeah. I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord do miracles through steps of steps of faith. And I think that that's a twofold process. You get with God in the secret place. You say you pray, you fast. You get in his word and you say, Lord, make me a ready vessel. Fill me with your spirit. Lead me to somebody who's in need. And man, when you find out that somebody has a need, you you take that opportunity to pray for them then and there. Mm-hmm. And you expect and believe that when you pray, God will move in some way or the other. We leave that up to him, but we believe for the biggest things. And that, that that's our role and responsibility. And I think the more we press into that faithfully, the more we will actually see uh, God beginning to move. Yeah, you know one one of the books we did in we may go a little long this this week, but but one of the All books right. we did last week in uh, in uh, our small group, uh, No Diving by David Campbell, and he breaks he breaks up a lot of different topics, and he discussed healing. And I remember in one of the, the chapter on healing, he talks about John Wimber, who basically started the Vineyard Church. And, uh, and the Lord just really impressed upon him to start teaching his, his uh, congregation about healing. And, uh, and he basically, he went in deep, man, to the point where, like, his congregation was like, dude, you need to get off this healing thing. Like, you've been praying for people week after week. And he even said, he said, he said we'd pray for, for people in our congregation. And matter of fact, sometimes he said they wouldn't get healed. They'd get worse. <laughs> he said they'd get sicker. He said, I prayed for 100 people that just died. You know, and and like, and I'm sitting here thinking, Lord, why are you trying to do this, and why are we going? But He just kept going and kept going and kept believing because He felt like He had a mandate from the Lord to go after that and press through and persevere, and uh, that was His testimony. And so one day, uh, because they're teaching on it, one man has a wife who is very sick, and he says, "Will you please come over, Pastor? Will you pray for my wife?" And so he said, "Yeah, I'll come." Over. And he was in such uh, unbelief at that time after seeing so much failed prayer that he goes in he he prays like a little weak prayer like lord you know if, if it be your will <laughs> like that that, that whole thing and uh, please just he, heal my sister here or whatever and uh and so he he gets up and the and the woman says oh my gosh i think i'm healed and and he said all right well good to see you. and he didn't even pay attention to what she had said because he really didn't believe that anything had happened because he'd just not seen anything up to this point yeah and so he leaves 
and and gets in the vehicle and says, "Hold on a minute, maybe maybe something's really happened here." He gets back up, goes back in. The woman was completely healed, and that was like a breakthrough moment for him. And then within his ministry, he started to see God moving in much much more miraculous ways. Mm-hmm. My point is is that I think it's easy for people to just. I'm going to encourage somebody out there because I know people come from different backgrounds and they just don't even believe in this stuff anymore. I'm going to just encourage you to believe in this stuff and believe also that God could possibly use you. But but there are there are things like if you want to see God use you in some way, sometimes you have to seek after it. Yeah. You have to knock on those doors for them to be open. It, it takes sometimes prayer and fasting. I mean, I've met with people who we, we felt like had some intense strongholds and before I would meet with them, I'd pray and fast, and 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 they, I'd ask them to do the same if they were really uh, looking for for breakthrough in those areas. And we'd meet together and pray through some things, and just see God bring about deliverance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you want to seek after these things, and believe God to to do miracles. Yeah, and I think um, I didn't really mean to go into all this this week, but but boy, it's a no, part it's of the good. mission because you you need to start thinking in terms of it's more than just like handing out a tract. And hoping as good as that is, but but open yourself to the full dimensions of what what yeah. might be possible with God. And when you share a word or when you pray for somebody, don't just assume, well, that fell flat. Yeah, now God's at work. It, it's almost like we have to make it normal and common again in 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 terms of like our everyday life yeah. instead of some lofty thing that you know you know God will sometimes do. You know, like even. I think, you know, even in your family, even around your kids, like, you know, in, in our family with our kids, we try, like, if someone's sick, we try to take time and pray for them. And even our kids, like, recognize if someone's hurt or, or something or, or going through something, they want to pray for them. I had a buddy, uh, John, he, he was dealing with some back trouble, and we were at his place one night, and Everett just went over and laid hands on his back and just prayed like a little, and he's seven years old, like, mm-hmm. Lord, you know, make make John feel better. Yeah, and he felt you know it. It worked. Yeah, and we communicated with that he, with 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 him on that, and a couple of weeks at small group, you know, they were praying for me before my surgery, and I, you know, in, in the middle of it, I was in you know people around me, and I was praying. I had my eyes closed, and I just felt a little hand on my back. Yeah, and he had come in in the middle of that, and just you know, walked. Yeah. and so it like my point in all that is not to. It, it's basically to to normalize it. I want them to grow up in an environment to where that's a normal thing. If yeah. someone is sick or going through something or hurting, like we pray for them, and God moves, He will move. And we, yeah, we expect it, and we communicate that when He does. It's like it's like, hey, son, you know, yeah. you prayed for me, and and I was healed. Yeah. That helped me. This this past Sunday, Clifford Grubbs came up, and I think a few men gathered around him. Mm-hmm. We prayed for his shoulders. He said his shoulders had been in so much pain. He's, had been having trouble sleeping and so monday monday him and then later on his wife they both sent me a message just saying thank you so much for for praying for us um you know or for praying for clifford uh this is the first night he was able to sleep in a long time and he said he said i'm healed lord healed me that's awesome so you know and we don't honestly that stuff happens and I, i feel sometimes i don't even always i should share things like that more but i guess sometimes i feel like you get People are like, eh, I don't know about yeah. that, you know. But it was uh, so, but but I'm just gonna keep sharing it now. Yeah. This I've just come to the realization that I believe it. If you don't, it's on you. 
uh, but I'm going to share what the Lord it's does. It's testimony. It's yeah. powerful. I mean, it, it's boasting in what God wants to do, what yes. he can do, what he is doing. Mm-hmm. And people need to hear that for sure. So that that being said, you know, moving forward, it talks about we want to pray and mm-hmm. intercede. And it talks about making disciples and and reproducing those disciples because Jesus' plan there is a good book. Donald used to love that book, and he'd try to get everybody to read it um, by Robert Coleman, um, The Master Plan of Evangelism. But what it basically breaks down is the fact that Jesus could have used any method to reach the world, but he ch- chose to pour into 12 men mm-hmm. who would pour into more men, who would pour into more men. So if I can make myself two or three disciples, who then can go out and make two or three disciples— who can then go out and make two or three disciples, then you enter into a stage of multiplication and you can reach the entire world that way. So the church should not be, we we, we exist to pack this place full of as many consumers as we possibly can that'll hear a message on Sunday. Mm -hmm. No, we exist to, to gather people together to become disciples and followers of Jesus Christ, to enter into a new way of life so that they can reach others and make disciples themselves. And, and so Jesus had that, that path of, of selecting these teachable people that he could associate with and build a relationship with and set them apart for mission, impart his teachings and his lifestyle, and demonstrate how to daily live out this kingdom paradigm and then delegate to them to, hey, go out and do this. Go out and share the gospel like I am and pray for people. And, and watch God move. And then, and then he supervises them so that they can c- continue to grow. And then he shows them how to also make more disciples mm-hmm. so that this process can continue. And so when we're looking at people, we want to evangelize. We want to share the good news with them. We want them to be saved, but we want them to move into sanctification and spiritual growth so that then they themselves can become yeah. missional disciples. Yeah. So you're not you're not done, right? You're never done, but but you're moving to a place where it's no longer about you receiving, but yeah. it's about you now being formed to the point where you're pouring out as a missional disciple of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ to bring other people into the kingdom. And that's good stuff. I mean, it's yeah, and as a church I think that's definitely what we want to be. Of course we want to evangelize, we want to share the gospel. That's first and foremost, we want people to be saved, but then also bringing in people into a place like you said of sanctification and real transformation to where they're going out and their lives are changed and they're they're being that that light to other people around them and it just spreads like wildfire. Yeah. Um let's move on to stewardship. This is this is probably the section of the this chapter that uh, there's a lot of good stuff. I've got all kinds of lines in here that just says read. <laughs> and we're going to go a little bit long, and I think that's okay. But um, Well, I, yeah. th- I think here it says, you know, when we talk about stewardship, God invites us to seek first his kingdom. And so he's wanting us to orient our lives in a certain direction. And one of the questions it asks on page 135 at the top is how are you allocating your life what are you putting your energy toward to build and amass? And, man, what he mm-hmm. says here is so true. Yeah, it We've is. had conversations just this week about this, and you're always having conversations where people want they want more money. And he said this, we tend to steward our energies in this order. 
financial wealth and stability first. Mm -hmm. Everything is geared around how can I amass wealth? How can I have a good retirement? How can we have security and stability, right? First and foremost, that's what people are thinking. That's number one. Yes. And then he says physical vitality and pleasure. So secondly, because I'm working my brains out to try to amass wealth, I got to figure out a way to at least, I'm going to at least spend that money on pleasure Mm -hmm. and physical vitality because I want to have fun. And then intellectual pursuits, accomplishments, uh, and expertise. And he says, then we want our relational needs met through friends or family that help us to reach our personal goals. It's like those peg communities. Yes. And finally, we might sprinkle in some spiritual interests to buoy our emotions. And that's what we do. That's we, so we, we true. We pursue man. wealth so and good true. jobs and financial security and how we're going to have fun and the vacations we're going to have. And then we sprinkle in a little spirituality just yeah. to help us feel better. And what he's saying is, no, you need to reorient your life to where you are seeking first God's kingdom and God's mission. I know that's not an easy word. It's not an easy word for me. I'm constantly uh, having little sneaky worries that creep into my mind about my future and my financial stability and, and how I probably need to get retirement. You mm-hmm. know, all these different types of things. And, and right now, honestly, from my perspective, it ain't looking great if I put that. But what I know is I have the promise of God that if I will actually seek first his kingdom, yeah. He will provide for me every other need that yeah. I have. So he's saying, don't seek to meet your own needs and your own provision. Seek first the kingdom, and I will actually provide for you what you need as you go about it. So so he, he's arguing to flip the priorities on their head, and you begin with the spiritual, seeking God first, and then putting energy toward the relational as we lay our lives down for others and invite them into God's kingdom. And then we offer our physical bodies as a living sacrifice to God's mission. And with this, we also offer our mind and our resources to be used to mm-hmm. advance his kingdom. Yeah. And so we're flipping everything on its head there. And that, that's tough because you've got a world every day that's saying, no, 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 that ain't what's important in life. You've got to get your priorities right. You've got to think about long-term uh, wealth and security and stability. Yeah. And, and Not that those things are bad in and of themselves, but they can easily, according to Scripture, deceive you into missing what life is really all about in this short existence we have. They do. And everyone, I struggle with it. I confess that up front. Yeah, I struggle with it big time. Matter of fact, it's one of the, this very thing is probably, um, it's what I've been going through most recently, having, you know, gone from a, a career with benefits and, you know, retirement, and, you know, I was uh, nine years into it, so I was getting established, working my way up the ladder, so forth and so on. God led me in a different direction that's not that, and so, like, everything in my life has been flipped up on its head, but what I've experienced is just absolute freedom. Yeah. And and, and, and don't get me wrong, there's still the struggles, there's still all that, and there's, you know, the pull in this direction and that, but it, it's interesting because, you know, the the very things we seek for, um, in terms of security, uh, money, uh, purpose, and all that stuff, paradoxically, when we when we allow ourselves to be first and foremost a part of God's ultimate plan, like He says here in the book, from that we receive security, love, resources yeah. from God. Like yeah. He always provides, dude. Yeah, always. And, and here's one of the things that I think I should probably say is is because it's not everybody should just quit their job. 
because because you hear that 100 percent. you know yeah. like like we we uh, the other day we talked about the idols and one of them what I, was items and, and we got done talking everybody's like well i need to go sell my vehicle that's that's not what we're saying um god can give people wonderful things and wonderful blessings and and honestly i'm thankful that some people have things that i don't have because they end up using those things for the community a lot of times you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. And so God blesses us with different things, and sometimes God blesses us with a promotion and a job where the, where He does give us greater resources. Yeah, and that is a good thing. It's not so much about what He gives us as about where our hearts at. Yeah. What what are we seeking after? If we if if that's what God has given us, and we realize that in that job with that money, we're stewarding all of that, and ultimately our goal is God's kingdom first. Then those, you know, those can just be additional blessings that He adds to yeah. us. So we don't have to necessarily like get get rid of everything. God may have placed you in that job, in that position, with that with those resources for His mission. Yeah. But you got to ask yourself, what am I seeking? And am that's I, what it was for me. Like you know, I and I had this conversation because I've got really close friends that are. Te- I was a teacher, um, and and I really close friends that are still teachers, and and. And when we and I had the conversation of of leaving and things like that, like those people, I feel very very confident are pl- you, they're placed in those positions, and they can use those and they're in those careers and they're making a difference in no kids' doubt. lives and all that good stuff. And 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 if you're if you're content there, and and that's where God has you, and it just that's so great. happens that you make good money and have a, yeah. have security financially. Yeah. Hallelujah. For me, <laughs> it was just that God was moving me in a different direction. Right. And that's you know, what you and that's want to not follow. what that's not what God's going to do for everybody. Because no. I mean, everybody, like you said, it's don't just up and quit your job because you read this. I mean, God may very well have you in that space for a specific reason, and and that's great. Um, yeah. But for me, it was like, like you said, it was a heart thing, and it was just it was the fact that it was just hey, God was calling me yeah. specifically into a new direction, and he, ultimately, that's what you have to follow. Because he God's he may calling. have a teacher out there in school that is advancing and shoot they may be superintendent one day and it may be that that's their mission yeah you know yeah and and so that's that's what we need to discern because we're living on mission but it one of the things he says in the book he says don't begin with personal ambition but god's mission Mm. so god's mission may lead you to great success in certain areas but don't begin with your own personal ambition begin with what is god's mission what's he calling me to do yeah and and then it says also, you read this earlier to me, sentness leads to a healthy dependence. Out of dependence comes empowerment. Yeah. So when God sends us, we, we're dependent on him, man, to show up, to move. And that dependence actually leads us to receiving his power mm. to go deeper into God yeah. and be empowered by it. So just to not to rush, but I think it would probably be good if we if we sort of finished up and and uh there's so much good stuff there in really this chapter. There really is. Yeah. So you guys read through that and meditate on it and discuss. But finishing up there, um, um, he talks about contending for his promises. Yeah. Did you have something else you wanted to share? I, I, I do want to read this. Um, I think I, what I don't want people to get in this, because I'm so guilty of this, of like looking for the next thing. Mm-hmm. Like I need to get here. I need to get there. If I could just get that position or make this change or do this or do that, then I would be, I would have arrived. And and I think uh, he he mentioned it in the book, but Philippians four eleven through thirteen. I want to read that because um, it says I've learned to be content, 
whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And I think, you know, it's good to have um, – we want to self-reflect Obviously, we want to make healthy changes, um, but like you said, I don't want people to necessarily feel that like just nothing but uh, uh, condemnation, so to speak. Like I need, I got to make all these changes in my life to get, you know, it's one step at a time. And God puts us in specific situations in specific times. Sometimes He calls us in this direction or that direction, and it's a, it's a, it's a process. It's a beautiful process, and and we, like you said, ultimately learning to put God first. In all things, he will, things will unfold just how they're supposed to when you do that. Mm-hmm. And as that progresses, I think it's important that we try our best to be content wherever we are. Not content and just like getting in the rut and staying there, but content with, you know, you may be in a hard season. You may be in a good season. Like wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, like seek God first. Let him unfold the puzzle pieces how they may yeah and and while we're in that learning to be content in those circumstances right yeah that's good so closing out here um it talks about contending for his promises and this is where once again i would encourage you maybe you could talk among your small groups you guys pick a pick a time maybe to fast and pray together but habakkuk 3 2 i love it it says lord i've heard of your fame i stand in all of your deeds lord Repeat them in our day. Mm. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. That's so good. he's saying all these miracles I've read about that you've done, God, repeat them in our day. Yeah. In our time, make them known. Let let your glory shine forth in our midst. And, and, and pray together and choose a time maybe even to fast together. We talk about intercessory prayer. Walter Wink, I love the quote at the very end of the book. He says, intercessory prayer, I've, I've used this a lot. Intercessory prayer is spiritual defiance of what is in the way of what God has promised. Mm. Intercession visualizes an alternative future to the one apparently faded by the momentum of current forces. Prayer infuses the air of a time yet to be into the suffocating atmosphere of the present. History belongs to the intercessors who believe the future into being. Man, that's good What stuff. he's saying is you can look at Scripture and say, I, based on Scripture, this is what God wants. Yeah. And I see that there's all kinds of obstacles to seeing that come to pass. But through intercessory prayer, I'm going to visualize a future in which the kingdom of heaven is invading these situations in our world. And I'm going to pray these promises into being. I'm going to pull heaven down into earth through my prayer. Yeah. And that's a powerful thing. When we do that, we're going to, we're going to come into alignment with God's mission. We're going to start to see God move in greater ways than we ever have before. So I just encourage you all, take some time. To, to start to build prayer patterns in your life, to mm-hmm. be alone with the Lord, encourage one another to maybe pray, pray and fast together and support one another and pray over issues together and just believe God to pour out His Spirit in a new and fresh way in your personal life and, and to just say, like Isaiah, here I am, Lord, send me, yeah. use me. Let's, yeah. see, let's see what you want to do. Yeah, I want to encourage folks too as we're going through this because this, I mean, this is touching on some real deep subjects. Um, if you ever have any kind of questions whatsoever, need to have a conversation, want to want to meet up and talk about it or, or whatever, don't hesitate to do so. 
Yeah. Uh, we're we're here to bear each other's burdens. Iron sharpens iron. We're all in this thing together. We're all growing together. And so um, lean on your small group. Lean on your small group leaders. Uh, like I said, you know, Clay and I, we're here. If you need to send us a message or, you know, yeah. have a question, talk, anything like and that. And if you have any tips or advice for us, I mean, this is probably the longest podcast we've had on the small group, but we just got carried away in some storytelling and stuff but if you have tips or advice for us and how we can do a better job as far as some of this stuff goes let us know absolutely thank you guys so much for listening we will talk to you on the next one